Homer, Alaska, the halibut fishing capital of the world. A quaint little village, I'm sorry, a quaint little drinking village with a fishing problem. Well, that's what I went there for. Not the drinking, the fishing. I left a 25-year career flying airplanes for a living to start my own halibut fishing business in Homer. It was my second season. It was a week away from the annual Winter King Salmon Tournament. That morning, a storm raged outside my window. Then all of a sudden, it stopped. Flat calm. The storm didn't have to stop, but it did. Something was drawing me down to the harbor to work on my boat. I didn't have to leave my house, but I did. I did about an hour of boat chores. I was about ready to lock my boat up, head back home, when something told me I should go get gas. I didn't need any gas. My tanks were pretty full, but I left my slip anyway. I motored over to the field dock, and it was closed. Remember, it was winter. It was a Sunday. The field dock's not open on Sunday in winter. So I thought about turning around and going back to my boat slip. But I had this nagging feeling again that I needed to go do something else. Something told me to leave the harbor. I didn't really need to leave the harbor. I had absolutely no reason to leave the harbor. But I did. But when I got to the mouth of the harbor, I had to make another decision. Do I turn left and go up Kachemak Bay, or do I turn right and go out to Cook Inlet? Well, I made the decision to go left, or did fate make that decision for me? As soon as I left the mouth of the harbor, I could see a boat a few miles ahead of me. I cross-checked his position with my GPS map, and he was right on top of one of my favorite fishing spots in the back bay. Now, you don't know me very well, but I'm pretty nosy. My first reaction was to run up there and see if he caught anything. I could have done that, but I didn't. I just started ambling along, and my meandering eventually led me a little closer to the boat. I was trying not to get too close, but then my eye caught something else, a debris field. Floating bottles of water, clothing, a cooler full of food. I'm like, woohoo, fighters keepers, right? <laughs> so, like a trail of breadcrumbs, I kept following it, picking up things along the way. I didn't need any of this junk, but I picked it up anyway. It got me closer to the boat. Suddenly, I was within binocular range. I picked up my binos, put them up there, started scoping them out. I couldn't really tell what they were doing. It looked like there's one guy standing there jigging and another one kind of hunkered over, you know, just bait fishing. I couldn't even tell if they caught anything. So being nosy and being that much closer to the boat now, I said, what the heck? I'll just run up there and see if they caught anything. <clears throat> so I just motored along, headed up towards this boat. As it got closer and it came into focus, I realized what it was, and my blood ran cold. It was four people and a large yellow lab on the bottom of a capsized boat. <clears throat> we all know, living in Alaska, 
that cold winter water can kill a man in minutes. I raced towards the boat at flank speed. I got them all on board. I'm sorry. Raced towards them at flank speed. As I headed towards the boat, I grabbed the microphone from my marine radio. I switched over to the emergency frequency. I keyed the microphone, and I shouted, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. I got all the people on the boat and the dog, got them into the warm wheelhouse, started heading back to the harbor. I turned to them, what happened? These were four friends who were on a backcountry weekend ski trip at the head of the bay in Homer. They were coming back that morning in the storm before the flat calm lured me out of my home into the harbor, out of my boat slip, out of the harbor, into a debris field up Kachemak Bay and alongside their doomed vessel. <clears throat> they explained to me that their cell phones all died when they went in the water, their survival equipment was trapped under the boat, and what I had mistaken for jigging was one of these guys standing up trying to flag me down and the other three kneeling around him, supporting him, while he tried to flag me down. They did that for four hours before this incredible series of left or right decisions led me to the same spot on the planet as them. I told them that it wasn't their day to die. I told them that one of them was destined to do something great and that they should be thankful for their lives. And thank God every man, woman, and dog that was on that boat was accounted for. We returned to the harbor and said our goodbyes. Exactly one year later, my phone rang. I said, hello? The voice on the other end of the line said, happy anniversary. Thanks for saving my life. <clears throat> one of the survivors of that incident is now an emergency room physician saving other lives. That event changed my life. Up to that point in time, I didn't have a whole lot of, didn't hold a lot of credence in the phrase, everything happens for a reason. Well, apparently it does. <clears throat> Fast forward a few years. New federal regulations forced me out of the fishing business. Now what am I gonna do? Well, something in Anchorage was calling me. Anchorage was calling me to move here. So I did. I got a job flying airplanes for a living again. I even teach other pilots how to fly the queen of the skies, the 747. I wonder what my next reason is. <clears throat> <clears throat> 